Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Um, I think this week we're going to uh, pick up from the uh, what we left off with last time, although uh, with slightly a twist. Um, we had been doing, you might recall, the past three podcasts, uh, the values of the mutual learning model. So we we talked through in the, the first of the series, uh, informed choice, and then the second of the series, we covered transparency and curiosity. And then last time, we finished up with accountability and compassion. And we said, all right, that's it for the values of mutual learning model. And we might come back to mutual learning again in the future. Indeed. And and what we were doing was applying each of those to agile teams and how they might have better conversations and so on. No, that's right. And um, we are going on to something different this time in, in the sense that it's no longer about the mutual learning model, but instead we're going to go back to uh, one of the counterpoints or the, the, the more common than mutual learning model is the unilateral control model. And we have talked about unilateral control model in the past. We'll put a link in the show notes. And the previous time we talked about the assumptions, the unilateral control model and how uh, you can use them to effectively undermine your agile team. <laughs> Indeed, that was so, fun. We got to do a few a few episodes where we were pretending to be evil and trying to make the team fail. And uh, the unilateral control model was very helpful in, uh, in ensuring we could do that with uh, ma maximum evilness. That's right. And so this time we're going to get into what the values are that were behind that. And of course, it's not it's not that people who use linear control are are evil. Um, They're just human. Fact, and they're human, exactly. You end up falling into these uh, patterns of behavior that will undermine your team um, because, and this is the, the key idea, because of the values that you come to the conversation with. And in the unilateral control model, uh, the the overall idea you have is that you, your goals are, I'm hitting the conversation and I want to leave with people having agreed to the course of action that I have already identified. Mm -hmm. And you can see this is different when we uh, discussed the mutual learning model. We said it was different. We go to a conversation and what we want there is the best possible outcome. Which may be very surprising. It could be a different outcome than the, the one that we have in our minds. That's right. That we're, we're open to the idea that the one we had in mind might not be the best one. And uh, so we had a set of assumptions that would lead us uh, towards um, getting the best possible outcome. But what are the values then that lead you towards getting your way? And those are the values we're going to talk about today. Sounds great. So for, if you just want to have a, a nice, simple example in your mind, you could imagine the last situation you had where somebody was skeptical about adopting agile techniques, where, where you go in <laughs> saying, well, I just have to convince them. I mean, it's obviously so much better if we could release three or four times a day um, that as soon as they understand that we could do that and what that would mean, of course, they will think that's better. This is the danger sign. Uh, I often tell clients to um, uh, excise the word convince from their vocabulary uh, because it, it almost always doesn't work. There are rare cases where convincing someone is both a good idea and uh, feasible. Those, those are um, the, the slim uh, minority. Right, where, where, where you have no interest in learning. Um, but if you have no interest in learning, here are the values that, that come behind it. We'll, we'll start off by just uh, listing them, and then we can talk about them a bit more and, uh, and some of the ways that we have seen them show up with um, Agile teams. The first value is be right. Mm. <laughs> it, it, that's uh, you know, pretty straightforward. If you're going to be um, getting your way, well, you know, that, the natural assumption here is that you value being right. I came in with the idea, with the plan that we had in mind, 
And what I want is for everyone to recognize me as being, uh, well, right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. It, it would be hard not to value being right. It, it's actually that one's easier to think about in the, in the opposite way. What, what would it mean not to value being right? Uh, I think that the, the value of uh, uh, learning discovery that we talked about last time. <laughs> exactly. But that's hard to think about because when you, if you just walk up to someone, this is the classic thing in surveys, right? If you pose the question correctly, you can get any answer you want. But if you walk up to people and you say, is it a good idea to be right? You know, if, if you had to choose between being right and being wrong, which would you rather be? Almost everyone would say, well, be right, of course. I mean, why, why, would, why would I want to be wrong? Um, but it turns out that actually being wrong can be a very helpful way to learn things. And having the mindset that you might be wrong, in your, uh, which you almost certainly are in some respect, it can be very helpful for learning. But that's the, the problem, of course, is that the question of what does being wrong feel like? We ask people this in various times and say, you know, how does it feel to be wrong? And the answers we get back are, are that it's terrible and awful. So, of course, we value being right because we believe that uh, being wrong feels terrible. Uh, uh, but in fact, that's not true. Uh, being wrong feels exactly like being right. It's the learning that you were wrong. Because you don't know. That's right. <laughs> so we, we have this assumption that we are right. Uh, and I think that leads naturally on to the, to the second value, which is uh, win, don't lose. Mm -hmm. in, in a conversation here, you know, we're going to be having winners and losers. That's a, this is going to be a, a, a difficult decision needs to be made. I've come into it with the right uh, answer. And so the goal in this conversation is that in the group, I need to make sure that my, my view prevails. Indeed, because it's so obviously correct. And of course, when you start with the point of view that you're right, all the others follow very naturally, because if, if you really were and everyone else was wrong and you, you absolutely had the right information, then at least this would be workable. At least it would, it would function. The problem is, of course, that you almost certainly are not. Um, I had a founder that I worked with must be four years ago now, who um, really exemplified this point of view that um, he, he really had all the right answers. And what he needed to do was to inspire his team. If, if you want an example, go look up uh, Steve Jobs reality distortion field in Google, and you will find many fun stories that, that um, seem very strongly related to this guy um, who would um, get our team together. I was the CTO or, or VP engineering, whichever, and um, uh, he'd, he'd gather the developers together and uh, he played this video, which we'll link in the comments. It's Al Pacino. I can't remember what um, movie it's from, but the, the speech is called One More Inch. And um, you, would, you would think he might be playing it ironically or, or jokingly, but he was dead serious. He, he wanted us all to be inspired and motivated, just like Steve Jobs, who would print the um, uh, 90 hours a week and loving it t-shirts. Um, he wanted us all to be functioning in that way with that, with that level of vigor and commitment, he would, he would say. Um, but there, there wasn't any room for someone to say something else. You know, he'd play a four-minute video of Al Pacino talking about it's halftime at a uh, American football match, and he needs to convince everybody to go out there and and fight to win the game. And of course, they do because it's a movie. And um, he, he would play that for us. And the idea was that we would go out and uh, fight in the last half in the same way that we would be vigorous. There, there wasn't any room for another view. 
his point of view was um, we need to win literally we win the game we beat the competition we had a particular competitor we wanted to um, uh, eclipse and he, he thought that if we all worked harder and, and according to his plan we would win and and that was great that he has a, he has a plan laid out and I, I don't know about this founder but it, when I've come across this uh, kind of thing in uh, allegedly agile teams the idea that someone has a plan of uh, exactly the steps that we need to achieve our goal uh, and just all we need to do now is is follow that out and so we're, suddenly we're going to value following a plan over <laughs> with the individual interactions that that we that we, uh, that we have going on. Indeed, that that's the signal that you might be on the wrong track. Yeah, right. Which is the opposite of the of the uh, agile manifesto, where following the plan is is something that might be valuable, but it's not as valuable as uh, other other things. Um, so we we have our goals clear here. You know, we're we're right. That's good. A good place to start. We know our goal is to win and not lose, and, and then it comes to a question of how we're going to go about this tactically. And one of the uh, ways that you do this is um, say that we're going to make it clear to everyone that uh, we're here to be uh, just act rational. What we need to be for ourselves and others is uh, analytical and logical. So um, because what we're going to do is we're going to lay out the facts. We have the right facts and we're going to lay them out. And then of course, people will agree. And, and this is the this is the idea. If anyone says they don't feel good about it, well, like, look, do you have any rational arguments? Uh, let's let's de- let's debate them, uh, and I will use my my reasoning to show you that you're wrong and that I'm right, and that you know my my perfect plan here is is airtight. Mm-hmm. And the the video of Pacino is is fun in in this area because of course if you if you watch it he's doing you don't even have to watch it we'll put it in the show notes but um you, you guys all know what it's like once more into the breach my friends it's it's the the standard inspiring kind of speech to to get your your team your army whatever it is to to go do something and that doesn't seem terribly rational because it's an appeal to the emotion it's an appeal it's a rhetorical appeal to the the listeners but. What's interesting about it is it's a it's an appeal that is um, leaves no room for any other um, reasoning. So there's there's a solid chain of reasoning. You know, if we worked harder, we could get where we were going. We're we're not um, we're not giving one more inch. We're not doing enough. Uh, therefore, um, what you guys all need to do is reach deep and go out there and um, feel the, the the pain or whatever um, the, the, whatever the emotional appeal is. There, there's a logic to it which doesn't admit some other point of view. So that's the crucial thing for me is whether or not it's actually an emotional appeal, there's an internal logic to it that uh, others are not going to be able to question. And uh, and especially this, this idea of uh, making sure people can't question comes to our fourth value of unilateral control, which is to minimize the expression of negative feelings. Mm-hmm. The idea here is that... Uh, really little good can come if people all, you know, air out negative feelings. Like that's just going to lead to a, a bunch of naysaying and people being upset and, you know, strained working relationships. Uh, we, we don't, we don't want that. So I wouldn't want to express my anger about what, what's happening in the rumor that I'm upset about. I'll, I'll stay rational and I'll try to make sure there's no room for, for others to express that they're sad or, or depressed or, um, um, skeptical. Skeptical, that would be a good one, because if they did that, that would derail us from our rational progression toward the, the victory we're going to have by um, giving one more inch. Right. And it's important here, I think this fits well with what you're describing, is that uh, this is only, we're going to minimize the question of negative feelings. Positive feelings are okay. If you can talk about how 
how awesome the plan is and and how certain the victory is uh, that's that's allowed it's the doubt and and uh, and uh, disagreements both about the plan and, and about other people or about capabilities um and so if there is uh something where we know that uh, maybe there's there's a particular a person who who is is important to the plan, but people might have doubts about. Well, we're not going to go ahead and and actually express that. What we'll do is maybe adjust the plan to route around this person, and then uh, uh, avoid actually naming what we're doing. But even better, if we could just inspire that person, if we could give you know show them the video of Pacino again, that, that they would feel <laughs> that that strong feeling of of um, force to 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 want to succeed. And and you can imagine also if you imagine the 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 locker room where Pacino is giving his speech, imagine somebody piping up in the back and saying, "Well, you know, boss, I, I think uh, actually, coach, the the real problem here is that uh, um, the the referee. I saw him talking to the other team. I, I think he's he's on their side. So, um, you know, there's no point us trying harder. The the referee is cheating. Um, shouldn't shouldn't we look at that? That 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 you're just carried along on this tide of um, uh, of everyone clapping and cheering and saying one more inch and here we go and we're going to win, whereas there's information in the room in my imagined scenario that could completely change the position. But by making it impossible to express the, the skeptical feeling, hang on, I really think there's something that referee looked really dodgy over there. That that option isn't on the table. Right. Uh, so these are the, the the four values then together of the Elon control model: be right win, don't lose, act rational, minimize expressions of negative feelings. Um, we, we have a, a case you described here of a, a founder who was sure that they were right <clears throat> and used uh, sort of the, the rah-rah uh, speech to um, uh, try to control the conversation. I've often seen this in technical uh, conversations. Engineers uh, really like the idea of being rational, but they are uh, um, no less attached to being right than founders. They're most probably less likely to use Al Pacino uh, videos in <laughs> in their engineering discussions. Um, but perfectly but, happy to use Uncle Bob or uh, Ken Beck or your 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 favorite person who might possibly support your point of view. Yeah, and uh, and to say, look, I came in here knowing the right answer, and uh, I'm, the goal here is to leave uh, with my architecture adopted, uh, with my changes to our uh, deployments, uh, the ones that I had identified, whatever the the problem is uh, that I had previously identified. Uh, my goal here in the conversation is to get my way. Uh, that shows up uh, in in uh, allegedly agile organizations at, at all levels. Indeed, it's a human trait. Humans want to behave this way, and we have a lot of reinforcements in our society, like um, movies like the Al Pacino one. Right, and the the problem is 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 uh, we can say two things. Uh, one is uh, we're less likely to get learning, uh, which was the goal of the mutual learning model, and we'd said that, uh, and and everyone I've ever asked agrees. Uh, you know, if you want to make the best possible decisions, how do you go about it? And they would say, well, we want to get all the information from all the people, and so we we miss out on that. And second, uh, the other major pitfall of the decisions being not as good is uh, the, the the damage to the um, individuals and their relationships. That that the the individuals and interactions that we're supposed to value in agile, uh, those are are harmed by this focus on uh, winning and losing and uh, suppressing negative feelings, um, and it, it hurts the ability to collaborate and get the best possible outcome. 
and and I'd, I'd say it, it hurts it in the medium term. If you're yeah, there, there is a, a undeniably a, a short term boost uh, where you buy all the pizzas and um, you know you get everybody together to do the thing, and you're imagining that team that's clapping and cheering as it runs out from the the, the dugout or whatever they call it. I'm not a sports fan. Run, run out to to play the game. There is some boost from kind of creating this artificial uh, rah rah feeling. the The problem is it doesn't last, and it definitely doesn't work for for anybody who's who's got a different view. Uh, they're they're really left behind in the locker room, saying, "What was that all about? Why did we do that?" So it's the medium term, not even long term, but uh, you know, a day or two on when the reality distortion field has faded. Uh, that's that's when you you look at it and you say, well, wait a minute, you know, I got really excited about it, and I even you know ate the pizza and stayed up late and we did the thing, but no customers are actually buying this product we built. Wait a minute, <laughs> I knew that. I knew nobody wanted this. I knew the referee was in league with the other team, and and, and I didn't do anything. Why not? And when you look at it, you say it's because I got caught up in the uh, in the excitement and the the uh, consensus or apparent consensus that was created by this artificial. Uh, uh, experience. The the most uh, obvious example of this I see over and over again is founders who will say, oh, don't worry about that guy who just quit. I'll go uh, talk to him <laughs> and, and tell him about all this great stuff that, that will be better. And um, that, that can work. It really does. And the Steve Jobs stories are great on, on this one. He could, he could hold people like you'd never believe by painting this amazing picture of where Apple would go. But the problem was that, um, that it didn't last, that at some point um, uh, scales fall off your eyes and you say, wait a minute, that, that, I actually don't think that. And so it's, it's actually negative for your relationship in the um, not so short, short term. All right. So that's the unit control model values. We're going to do one more in the value series, uh, which is a, a surprising one. So what, what happens is... Uh, very often people will learn about these differences between the unilateral control model and the mutual learning model. And they think, okay, well, I, I, I don't want to be controlling. I'm going to go a different way. And they, they fall into something called the give up control model. Which is great because I never heard of that one. So, so you're, you're, you're going to have to tell me all about that one, Jeffrey. I'm looking forward to that. All right. That'll be a lot of fun. Excellent. So uh, thanks, everybody. If you're uh, finding yourself in a unilateral control mode and you'd like to break out of it, um, or if you have stories that are, that are like mine or, or Jeffrey's that uh, describe the, uh, the, the unilateral control model working or not, we'd sure like to hear them. Uh, find us at troubleshootingagile.com. And Twitter, email, all those sorts of things are all available there. We like it when people hit the subscribe button because we come out every Wednesday and uh, we'd we sure like to be able to talk to you next time. You, you don't want to miss the give up control model, whatever it is. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Uh, so we'd uh, love to hear from you in those two ways and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.